Welcome everyone to our very special satsang celebration of Guru Purnima. Guru Purnima is, in my estimation, the greatest festival of the year. It's the full moon in honor of the Guru, the spiritual teacher. And uh, many surprises and great things in store. Uh, we're going to begin with a fire ceremony, a yagna. Uh, and we do, as we've done before, we're going to do an indoor yagna with a small fire and a larger fire outside. But during the yagna, the yagna is an offering or a sacrifice in which materials are offered to the divine so that a connection is established between uh, the earth realm and the heavenly realms and that this, the great spiritual shakti, the great energy, the universal energy of the divine can be tapped. And the guru is... Uh, the earthly representative of that power. So we, the mantras we use in this ceremony will all have to do with the guru, and the priests will intone them on our behalf and make offerings. So without further ado, let us begin the yagna. Shokam, 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 
Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Satsang tonight. My name's Ishwari, and I'm going to be your MC for this evening. And a very special welcome to you tonight if it's your first time watching online. So that was a really beautiful way to start our night tonight by witnessing the beautiful fire ceremony, followed by the Arati and the Jyota. We do these practices at the beginning of each program as a way of invoking the blessings and grace of this great lineage. We honour Bhagwan Nityananda, whose beautiful murti is in the corner, decorated beautifully tonight. We honour Baba Muktananda, who's pictured ne next to Guruji, and we honour our own Guruji. So as you may know, we're here tonight to celebrate a very auspicious event, which is Guru Purnima. Guru Purnima is the annual Hindu festival in honour of the Guru, or the spiritual teacher. The Guru is not just an ordinary teacher, though. The Guru is something ancient, something mysterious, something that is very difficult to explain and that is best to be experienced. So I thought I'd share with you all my own journey to the Guru's feet. When I was younger, in my teenage years, I struggled a lot with my mental health, <coughs> as a lot of people do. I was very depressed and it was affecting almost every area of my life. I remember a specific night where I prayed to the universe for help. The next morning when I woke up, I opened the blinds in my room and I felt the warm light of the sun hit my face. In that moment, something changed in me. It felt like I was seeing the light of the universe for the first time. I felt saved. I didn't really understand this experience at the time but it was a pivotal moment for my life. From then on, I had gained a new desire to live. I wanted to find something deeper, something more meaningful. And I knew there was more out there. Now I had felt it. And I wasn't going to stop until I found that again. And so I began to explore alternative methods for dealing with my suffering, <coughs> with my thoughts and my feelings. I started doing yoga bought books about witchcraft and astrology. I started writing and journaling as a way to release and explore my inner world, which was very, very full. <laughs> my mum and my auntie were doing a meditation class somewhere in Melbourne and they invited me along and I loved it. And I'd found all these different paths and tools, but there was still something missing. I needed more. I still needed to go deeper. It was then that I met a friend who had similar interests to me. We both went to Kundalini dance classes together and did other <laughs> And then one day she said to me, by the way, I'm moving into the ashram next week. I looked at her and I said, an ashram? What is that? I'd never heard of that word before. She explained to me a little and said that it's a school of meditation and yoga and also where a guru or an enlightened spiritual teacher lives. I was immediately interested in this. <laughs> I decided to come along to their weekly Saturday night program called Satsang, and I couldn't wait. And so the day to attend came. I remember the feeling, the energy I felt even before Satsang began. The hall was filled with people and noises. There was chanting, bells and drums, and music playing. There was a talk given by the teacher in the middle of the room who I'd later come to know as Guruji. And then there was something called darshan. 
a long line of people stood waiting to go up and meet Guruji. I stood in line in what felt like a gravitational magnetic pull closer and closer to the vortex at the centre of the earth. Immediately my eyes watered and I began to weep. An uncontrollable river began to flow from my eyes. I made my way to the front of the line and I bowed in respect. As I looked up and my eyes met with Guruji's to say hello, the universe stopped. It was as if the entire room became quiet, even when it was filled with people and with music. I was pulled into an infinite abyss, a pleasant and warm darkness that was filled with quiet, with peace, with energy, with love and with aliveness. The floor beneath me fell away. Everything everywhere disappeared except for this one infinite moment in which my heart and soul felt recognised by the mirror of Guruji's eyes. And then the room came back. Like the volume suddenly went from being completely muted to loud again. I was there in my body, now walking away and into the next darshan line to meet Devi Ma. And my tears kept falling. I knew then and there that I'd finally found what I'd been looking for. The scriptures say that the Guru is the grace bestowing power of God. In hindsight, I know that I received Guru's grace in that moment, which can also be called Shaktipat or the awakening. And so I knew that I had to be here in the ashram, <laughs> that there was something magical here, deeply mystical and profound, like nothing I'd ever experienced before. And so my slow but inevitable journey into the ashram began, and the start of my real sadhana as well. I would attend satsang whenever I could, and I would always weep uncontrollably, as if all the tears I ever needed to cry were being purged out of my heart, and I think I'm still weeping them today. <laughs> I would cry because my heart knew that I had found my place and that this is where I could meet God and meet myself. Eventually, in January of 2015, I was able to move into the ashram. Since then, I've lived here, except for one year I lived off campus with my partner Girish. And now we get to both live here serving Guruji and Devi Ma together. Meeting Guruji was like meeting myself. Meeting Guruji was meeting myself at my most innermost space, at my deepest core, the self that lies behind all my other modes of being, the self that is pure, that is taintless and that is whole, the self that is pure love. Through my Guru's eyes, I saw that self in me. Through my Guru's eyes, I felt that self in me. Through my Guru's company, I remember that self. When I'm lost through Guruji's grace, I can find this place within me time and time again. And when I'm caught in my mind, in Maya, in my ego and in my suffering, I remember Guruji. When I remember Guruji, I remember myself. I remember the Shakti that lives in my heart and in all of our hearts and that is always available no matter where we are in the world. And I'm so grateful to be here tonight with all of you, all over the world, sharing the bliss and greatness of the Guru. May we all cherish, honour and protect this sacred relationship with all our might. It's the greatest gift that we'll ever receive. Thank you.
So before we move into the rest of tonight's festivities, I want to let you know about some exciting things that are happening in the ashram. You might already know about some of them, but one of these is that we're offering free upward shift meditations. We're hosting them on our Instagram page every day at 8.30 in the morning during the Melbourne lockdown. They've been a wonderful way to connect with you all and you can join us again tomorrow where we're going to stream the Guru Gita chant. And if you've been enjoying these sessions, then I'm very excited to let you know that for the very first time, you can actually stream Swamiji's guided meditations from Happy for No Good Reason, from his book Happy and from his book Self-Inquiry on all streaming services. So just search Swami Shankarananda on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify or YouTube Music, whatever you like to use. And this also includes Swamiji's Japa track where he repeats the mantra Om Namah Shivaya. If you want to support the ashram, you can actually leave that track playing in the background, which sends a small amount of money to the ashram and supports Guruji's work. And at the same time, blesses your space with sacred mantras. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, there are some important dates I'd like to let you know about, one of which is Bhagwan Nityananda's Punyatiti Satsang being held on Saturday 7th of August. And then we have Baba Muktananda's Divya Diksha Satsang, which is being held on Saturday the 14th of August. So make sure that you follow us on social media, check out our website and stay up to date with all these amazing programs that we're offering. And for the rest of tonight, uh, we're going to hear a talk from Guruji very soon, followed by a chant, meditation, and at the end of the night, there'll be online darshan for everyone in Radio Land. So Guruji will get to say hello to all of you. And now just before we hear Guruji's talk, I'd like to invite you in honoring Guruji and Devi Ma with a garland, Ash and Bindi. Welcome everyone on this uh, extremely auspicious night, my favorite night of the year, Guru Purnima. And uh, I like, I'll begin my program the way I begin all my programs, as Baba Muktananda began his programs by saying in Hindi, Sabko Barasan Mane Kesat Pemse Hardik Swagat. With great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And he would always say that to welcome another, no, understanding that the same divine self exists in everyone is the highest worship. And it's the religion 
of humanity. And so in that spirit, I want to welcome you. And of course, Guru Purnima, covered with uh, flowers. <laughs> Guru Purnima is the quintessential celebration of that. Because when we celebrate the Guru, the Guru principle, we're celebrating the highest possibility. Those great beings who've attained that self. And uh, listening to Ishwar's beautiful talk, uh, I was reminded of my own first Guru Purnima, which happened to be 50 years ago tonight, and I wish I received Shaktipat in very much the same way by looking into Baba's eyes and experiencing the infin infinity behind those eyes and that upliftment and that uh, boundless, endless well of consciousness that was there. And so 50 years ago tonight, celebration. I didn't even think about that uh, until today. So 50 years. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, in these programs, we celebrate the highest truth, that possibility that every human being has. Everyone is striving for something. What is it? What was uh, that old song? Everyone's looking for something, wasn't it? You know that song? Everybody's looking for something. <laughs> so anyway, everybody's looking for something because we know we haven't found it yet. Oh, sweet dreams are made of this. That's it. So we we haven't found it yet. Uh, because that's something that we don't know what we're looking for. That something is something greater than we can imagine. It's not a bunch of money, and it's not a big house, and it's not a big car, uh, but it's the eternal self. A place when we reach that place, there's full contentedness, full bliss, full love, and full joy, and full wisdom. And so that's what we're all looking for. And so when we celebrate this, we celebrate that possibility within each one of us, best embodied by the great realizers of all the traditions who we honor on Guru Purnima, especially uh, our tradition. <clears throat> what do we have here? The great Baba Muktananda, <clears throat> so filled with love, so filled with Shakti. Uh, this is a picture we used to call the Shaktipat photo, which used to be in every uh, center, and more people got Shaktipat from this picture than from anything else, just looking into the, the power and love in his eyes. What else, next? This is the Ganeshpuri Baba that I knew. This was how he looked. Uh, when I was there, sitting on his perch in front of his door to his apartment, meeting people. And then next, finally, oh. this is one time a, a bunch of uh, overly zealous devotees. <laughs> and there were always a bunch of really zealous devotees. But these zealous devotees also had money, and so they... They built a silver throne for Baba, and they presented him with it on one Guru Purnima at the ashram. And uh, they put him in a turban and a fancy uh, apparel, and they sat him in the throne, and he agreed to do it one time, and then 
the throne was shunted aside and uh, stayed somewhere. He never sat in again, but we got some glorious photos of him that day. And uh, the great king, the Maharaj, king of the universe, there he is, on a Guru Purnima in, in the late 60s. That happened before I got there. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, and then the Maharaj, without a turban, although we've given him a beautiful turban today, <laughs> um, the Maharaj, without a, a shawl, without a, a, a coat, who was so king-like that just sitting in a loincloth, he was like the emperor of the universe, Bhagwan Nityananda. We celebrate him today also. <clears throat> okay, now Devi Ma is going to help me. Uh, we found some... It's in the mic. Hmm? You have to send these left. Okay. <laughs> we'll send it. So Devi Ma is going to help me. I'm going to try to read a few of them myself, but uh, these are some selections from Baba's writings uh, on the Guru. No one wrote, no one has ever written so beautifully so lovingly on the guru as Baba did. And in large part, it was because I feel that finding the guru was an incredible turning point in his life and came as a great shock to him, the power of Shaktipat. When Baba met Bhagwan Nityananda, he was close to 40, he came to Ganeshpuri, he always traveled around and met various saints, and he was a great practitioner himself, but he had no idea of what was in store for him when he met Bhagwan Nityananda, and uh, as it's already been described, Bhagwan Nityananda looked into his eyes and transmitted this great power, this force of Shakti, into Baba's eyes and blew Baba's mind. And, uh, he never stopped celebrating that. It triggered an automatic process, an inner process, that led ultimately to the realization of the self. So this is Baba talking about the guru. David Ma? The guru is the grace-bestowing power of God. The guru contains God's energy, God's power. And then he has the ability, the capacity, to transmit that energy into you. Otherwise, he can't be a guru. So Baba's talking about Shaktipat, and he's saying, defining what a guru is. A guru is not simply a teacher, but is one who is spiritually potent, who can transmit the power of Shakti, the divine power into you, and give Shaktipat. And this is what Baba learned in that moment with Bhagavan Nityananda. The uh, shloka from Shemaraj, Guru Parameshwari Anugrahika, Shakti. The guru is the grace-bestowing power of God. <clears throat> there are many functions that God has, but the power of grace, the function on this plane, is the guru's function to, to transmit grace. Go on. The true guru has the power of God. With this power, he can pierce all your chakras the spiritual centers, and the inner blocks. For this reason, man should have courage, patience. As this happens, you see many lights, you see various visions, and many things take place in this body. 
So if you've read Baba's play of consciousness, it's an incredible depiction of the stages of his sadhana. Baba saw many lights. He visited other lokas, other places, other planes of consciousness. He had many insights, some scary visions, some ecstatic visions, extraordinary things that happen. And once this awakening takes place, we may not have dramatic events like Baba did, but each of us will have the appropriate events happen within us for who we are. Uh, and gradually those inner movements will lead us towards a fuller immersion in the self. Shaivism says, this Shakti, this energy is intelligent. It has all the powers. It is not only conscious, but it is omniscient. It is not inert. Shakti has all qualities. It has created this universe. It is also called Chitti. It has different names, Chitti, Kundalini, or Shakti energy. It is also called Yoga Shakti, the power of yoga. The fire of the Guru's grace burns up all the karmas that exist within. Then man becomes free from karmas. The fire of the Guru's knowledge that the Guru has bestowed upon you burns up all the karmas. Just as a big forest is burnt down to ashes with one spark, in the same way, all the karmas are burnt up. So Baba used the metaphor of fire, uh, purifying fire. Uh, there are many other ways of talking about the Shakti. You could talk about it as, as light. You could talk about it as love. You could talk about it as peace or wisdom because it's all of those things. We view it from different angles, but it's all of those things. <clears throat> Shaivism says that there are five Shaktis of God, five energies of God. Very interesting. Uh, it says that there's the Icha, the Jnana, and the Kriya Shaktis. Uh, the, the power of will, Icha, and the power of Jnana, which is power of wisdom, and then Kriya, the power of doership, the power, the ability to do. So there's motion, emotional power, intellectual power, and doing or physical power. And then there are two more of these Shaktis, according to the Shaivite writers, Chit or consciousness, and Ananda or bliss. Chit is the capacity to think and reason and understand, and ananda is the capacity to feel, ultimately to feel love and bliss. And Shaivism also talks about five processes. I don't even know how to say that anymore. I grew up saying processes, and now I'm in Australia for so long. Processes, is that what you say? Process. Processes. Processes. All right. <clears throat> I'm in a limbo between cultures. I don't know where I am. But anyway, five processes. Uh, and, and they are, and they're very interesting too, creation, sustenance, and destruction. And many of you know of the, the Hindu trinity of Brahma, the creator, 
Vishnu the sustainer and Shiva the destroyer. That, that's a process that the whole universe goes through in every, on every level, in every way. Things are created, come into being, they're sustained for a while, and then they disappear, they get destroyed. And that happens to everything. And then there are two more of these five processes. Um, and these are the most interesting. Concealment and grace. And the guru is the grace-bestowing power. He's the specialist in grace. I guess you, uh, a, a specialist in creation might be an artist. A specialist in sustenance might be a mother. A specialist in destruction might be somebody who knocks buildings down. What else? A warrior, maybe. Uh, but concealment is the property that where the truth is hidden, where ignorance is hidden, and there's plenty of that in this universe. But grace is the power where the truth manifests, the truth comes into being, the light uh, dawns. And so these two are in a kind of struggle, concealment and grace. But it's all part of God's play. God has created concealment as much as he, she, it has created grace. <clears throat> so the guru is the grace-bestowing power of God. Next, yeah. Oh, pass it the wrong way. Thank you. Kabir wrote, Guru Janam Janam Ke Atta Koli. The Guru has freed you from being stuck for many lifetimes. Wait a second. Kabir, Kabir is one of Baba's favorite poet saints. Uh, and uh, he, Baba loved his directness and power which he, which he, uh, uh, he spoke, but go on. So he says, the gurus freed you from being stuck, stuck for many lifetimes. The word atak, to be stuck, is very amusing and likable. <laughs> there is a wonderful mystery behind it that is well worth understanding. When one plays a record, the phonograph needle sometimes becomes stuck and moves in the same groove over and over again, as if it were doing japa. <laughs> Just as it moves in the same groove without going either backward or forward, one can also become stuck in one's sadhana. Eon after eon, the needle moves in the groove of birth and death, pain and pleasure. But if someone lifts it, and moves it over, the cycle comes to an end. And of course, that's the guru who unsticks you. You've had, well, maybe you, none of you have had phonograph records, but there was a time, and I know phonograph records are coming back, um, but where it would often get stuck and you'd hear, you had to move it and it would go. So the guru is the one who moves the needle when it's stuck. And now here we hear about Kabir's story. There is another way of becoming stuck. One day when Kabir was young and wandering in search of God, he saw an old woman grinding grain into flour by the roadside. As he watched the flour fall from the grinding wheel, he began to weep. A great being named Nipat Niranjan, 
who had been observing all of this, went to Kabir and asked, O child, why are you crying? Kabir answered, All the grain that is put under the grinding stone is being ground. Not a single grain is saved. In the same way, the entire world is being ground in the huge grinding stone of time. I am crying out of fear. How can we escape from the grinding stone? Kabir was such a sensitive soul that if he saw the grains being ground, it made him cry. And then he saw that we were just grains being ground to nothingness by time, by the power of destruction. Nipat Naranjan laughed and brought Kabir closer to the grinding stone. He told the woman to lift the upper stone. Then he pointed to the stick that connected the upper stone to the lower stone. Look, Kabir, Nipat said. The grain that is stuck at the base of the stick is not ground. It remains perfectly intact. If you want to be saved from the grinding stone of time, go to Kashi. A great being called Ramananda lives there. Stick to him. Then the grinding will not affect you, and you will be saved. So if you stay close to the center, you won't be ground to a paste. If you stay close to the guru, he's saying, you won't be ground up. Guru Janam Janam Kayata Koli. The guru has freed you from being stuck for many lifetimes. If you stick to the guru, he removes you from the groove of birth and death. One who sticks to him does not wander. There is a saying, Sabgar Bhakte Guru Nat Karatke. One wanders from house to house but becomes stuck. That is steady in the guru's house. One wanders from place to place but becomes steady when he reaches the guru's house. <clears throat> but it's not that easy to, uh, to stay with the guru. If you stay with the guru, everything happens. Uh, and all you have to do, it seems to me, I learned this a long time ago, uh, is stay with the guru. <clears throat> and here's a piece that Baba uh, talks about this very principle of, of uh, the principle is the principle of satsang, hanging out with the guru. My old friend Master Charles used to say, uh, if you want a suntan, what do you do? You hang out in the presence of the sun. And if you want enlightenment, hang out in the presence of an enlightened person. That's what he'd say. And that, he used to call that entrainment. I always thought that was a fancy word, but it's true. That you hang out in the vibrational field of a great being, and that vibrational field starts to affect you. And when you, you have dissonance, when you have ignorance, come up, it feels very much, uh, it's very much exaggerated and you get to feel it very much and you try to t attune yourself to the vibration that comes from such a great being. So Baba writes, Nanak Dev said, Nanak Dev is of course the, the, the Sikh, the, the founder of Sikh gurus, the Sikh religion. He said, the guru gave me the knowledge 
<clears throat> that the inside and the outside are one. Baba says, keep the company of the guru. The term satsang is very powerful and important to understand. It originated in India to describe the company of holy people and saints. Having satsang means being with the guru or being close to him. But more than this, it means becoming one with the self of the guru. To merge with the guru is to become perfect within one's own self. For this, it is enough to have the awareness of the oneness of the self, the feeling of poor no hum, I am perfect. <clears throat> if you were to ask me what, my, what I thought the essence of the path was, I would say satsang, staying in the company uh, of the guru. Baba says, the guru does not have to do anything. To experience his effect, you merely have to be in his presence. Bathe in the radiance of the guru's self. Come to him and be immersed in his experience of oneness. For a moment, become his companion and journey to the realm where he roams. Bathe for a while in the holy river of his love and understand that when you do this, everything is accomplished. Nothing, you don't have to do anything. You are perfect. You are the truth. Kabir wrote, keep the company of the guru. God becomes one with the person who's drunk the nectar of satsang, who has great love for satsang, and who through satsang has attained the kingdom of the supreme state of liberation. Being with the guru is a great art. Great statement. Being with the guru is a great art. It's no joke to be with the guru. It's a great art. You have to know how to live. Things will come at you, you know, have to, you have to learn how to duck them. Things will get on you, you have to know how to let them go. And you keep in the flow because the guru's moving at a very high frequency that we're not used to. And so we're being entrained in that frequency. And so it takes a great art to manage it. He, Baba says, you must be very intelligent and you must possess great courage and contentment. Just as uh, Sai, uh, Shirdi Sai Baba said, you have to have uh, Shraddha and Saburi. You have to have courage and contentment. Although laziness, desires, and lack of faith besiege you, you should not ask for anything. The question of asking should not even arise. For if you ask for something, it will take you far away from the guru. Don't ask, just be there. Stay with him, requesting nothing. Do not wonder when you will attain the truth. Pray, meditate, and wait patiently with love. My feeling is that if you have satsang, you have everything. Everything will unfold as it needs to. There's no reason to want something extra. Whatever is meant to happen will come in a natural course. Say, learn to get... <clears throat> Learn to forget yourself in meditation. Satsang is very mysterious. If you simply stay in the Guru's company with great care, the right time will eventually come, and then you will attain perfection. Everything has its own season for ripening, and yours will also arrive. 
We never know where we are spiritually. We can never know that. And then one day, something happens. <clears throat> so it's best to be patient. When the Guru's glance of grace and compassion falls on you, you'll become ripe. The Guru is a burning flame, Baba says. That flame lacks nothing, nor is it diminished when it lights an unlit wick. Even if thousands of flames are lit from it, it is not affected. <clears throat> when you want to light a candle, <clears throat> you bring together a flame and an unwit, unlit wick. <laughs> As you uh, bring them closer and closer, a leap occurs and the wick is lit. It's a mysterious process, isn't it, lighting a candle? <clears throat> That's why uh, in Jyoti it says, light our light from your light. So it's a very good metaphor. This takes only a fraction of a second. Therefore, have the satsang, take satsang at the guru's feet. It is Brahman who exists in the form of the guru. The only way to attain satsang is to surrender yourself. You must, you must leave the future. What is it? Leave the future of your sadhana. Leave the future of your sadhana to the guru. Give up the desire to become something. Uh, go ahead, Devi Ma. Because if you enclose yourself in your own desire, your sense of individuality will prevent the Guru's Shakti from entering you. Whatever you want to be is much less than what you'll actually achieve if you just sit in a desirable state and let the process take place. Let the Shakti penetrate you. Become simple, or you will remain bound. To come to the guru, you must be worthy. And if you have a pure heart and inner faith, your delusion will flee at the mere sight of him. Look at him well. When your eyes meet his, you will have the vision of your own inner self. A true guru values knowledge of the self far beyond wealth and praise of the world. He considers the world of duality a stomach ache. <laughs> he knows that the company of false people is the death of one's wisdom. He regards both good and bad fortune as reflecting the mistakes of his past. He accepts his life with equanimity. I want to just highlight that line. He knows the company of false people is death of one's wisdom. And... Um, False people exist very close in, not outside, but inside. The voices of, of ignorance exist within our own minds. That's bad company. Our tearing thoughts, our negative thoughts, they exist within us, our false thoughts, and because they bring us down. And then when we hang out with people who don't understand uh, the path to the self, who are external, always in their focus, this brings us down as well. So satsang is wonderful because we keep the company of fellow seekers and we keep the company of the highest truth. Go on, Devi Ma. He knows that for every bit of praise, he will experience the same amount of insults. He seeks no heaven. How's that? Every bit of praise, you get the same amount of insults. Good. He seeks no heaven beyond the knowledge of the self and knows that supernatural powers are a false attraction. 
He has become free from desire and lives content in his own being. Sundardas said, I offer my salutations to one who has this kind of understanding, and I have satsang with him. He lives content in his own being. Uh, one of the things I, that struck me about Baba is that he was the first person I ever met who had arrived. Everybody else I met was going somewhere or wanting to go somewhere. And Baba always seemed like he's fully arrived right now on the shores of the present moment. He was sitting there and that's it. That was all that was going on. Everybody else was wanting to be somewhere else, attain something, get this, get that, get this advancement and so on. He was like that. I have one more story and this is absolutely nectarian story. It's a story told by uh, Baba's assistant, uh, who's known, now known as Swami Sevananda. He's now in the Ganeshpuri Ashram. Uh, he was known as Noni in those days. And uh, uh, he, he was a Parsi gentleman. He was a, a flight attendant. He was flying on various airlines. And whenever he was in town, he would come for Baba's darshan. His brother was a devotee of Baba, and he brought him along, and he was kind of a playboy, and he would have Baba's darshan, and he got, fell in love with Baba, and he spent more and more time, and finally he left his job and just became Baba's houseboy, his attendant. Here's a picture of, uh, of him. Uh, this, is, this is on the 1974 tour. Uh, that's uh, Guru Mai Malti give, putting on Baba's shoe. And Noni is to the right, uh, attentively attending Baba. <laughs> Baba used to call him uh, uh, Mullah because he thought he was very much like Sheikh Nasruddin. <laughs> so Mullah Nasruddin. And uh, he was like that. <clears throat> okay, so here's the story. Noni says, Noni says, Hariom Sharan who is a well-known composer and poet in India, was on tour with Baba in Baroda in the late 60s, and I was too. At that time, I wasn't Baba's attendant. So Baba was traveling uh, in Gujarat, isn't it? And um, <clears throat> Baba used to go around visiting. I, I went on a few tours with Baba. Uh, and so Noni was a householder. He wasn't uh, uh, what he would later become. So this this. Hariom Sharan, great uh, Kirtan singer who I met when I first came to Ganeshpuri. Let's show him here. He's a central figure in the story. There he is. <clears throat> I remember standing behind him at a, uh, while he was playing the harmonium and singing and noticing all the rings on his fingers. I see he has them there. So anyway, great, great musician and singer. Uh, uh, Noni writes, when Baba was on tour, he held satsang in the evenings. Hariom would sit in the program writing poetry and songs about Baba. They came to him as he watched Baba in the darshan. One night he wrote, Ekamastana yogi ayare antashakti jagane Bela yogi ayare soham nara japane famous kirtan. Um, uh, in English, it means, 
An ecstatic yogi has come to awaken the inner divine energy. Great being, a must, a must, a must is a, an ecstatic being, a must. Bobby say great boat must means very happy. Uh, an ecstatic being has has come to awaken the shakti. A unique yogi has come to make us remember we are that. Haryam also wrote, Baba says, the widely, uh, most widely sung hymn in Siddha Yoga, Jyota Say Jyota. So, you know, Jyota Say Jyota, he'd written too. Uh, at night, Haryam and I used to share a room. He would compose music for a song he'd just written, and then very quietly, since it was late at night, he would play the, the tune and we would sing it. Baba's room was nearby and we had the doors closed so that we wouldn't disturb him. One day, when we were sitting in the room and, ba and Haryam was composing a new song, Baba walked in and said, what are you two up to? What's going on? Sometimes I hear music coming from this room. What is it? This was the most delicious thing of being on tour with Baba. This would happen. You'd be in there and suddenly Baba burst in the door and you'd go, ah! And he'd make some very funny remark and, you know, and then leave. Haryam said, well, Babaji, it's just some poetry. Baba said, I have the words for a new chant, and you have to put them in the music. And with that, he walked out. The next morning, I was shaving, when suddenly the door opened. It was Baba. What are you doing, he asked. <clears throat> we have to write the music for the new chant. <clears throat> and I had looked at my face. It was half shaven, half was lathered with shaving cream. But there was no way I could not go. So I dashed into the little darshan room that was between our room and Baba's. Baba was there with a group of people, <clears throat> and there I was in my shaving cream. <laughs> Baba looked at me and started laughing. Then he recited the words, Om Guru Jaya Guru Satchidananda Guru Satchidananda Guru Nityananda Satguru Satguru. And we're going to be, in a little bit, we'll be chanting this, this chant. It was a song to his own guru. Hariyom started putting together a tune and Baba helped him. Baba would say, not this key, try another one. Nothing seemed to be good enough for this particular chant. Suddenly Baba said, Raga Yaman. <clears throat> the Indian musical system is very different from ours. They have ragas and so, and each raga has a particular emotion and tone. Some are, they relate to morning and evening and some are romantic and some are other spiritual and so on. Anyway, he picked one out. Haryam put that chant in the, uh, in the raga and then he sang it and Baba seemed to get higher and higher. Baba said, yes, this sounds great. <clears throat> I've got a note on, on, uh, on this raga, uh, this uh, raga yaman uh, is uh, an evening raga. It's described as the Lord in white garments with pearl necklace on a splendid throne, lion throne, under a royal umbrella fanned with whisks chewing betel nut. <laughs> That's the raga. 
the raga promotes devotional attitude. Even today, Bollywood uses this raga for many romantic songs. <laughs> the beetle nut is the wonderful detail there. <clears throat> so suddenly he had this uh, raga, Yaman, uh, and Baba says, this sounds great. Then he started singing himself, Om Guru Jaya Guru Satchirananda Guru. And we all started clapping and singing too. And then Baba started a slow rhythmic dance with his hands raised in the air. Baba was dancing round and round, and when he left the room, he was still singing. It was beautiful, Noni says, watching Baba in that state. He was totally intoxicated and totally spontaneous. He truly was the perfect disciple. All he wanted to do was sing the praise of his guru. Nice story, no? So let us join Baba in that and sing this chant. Om Guru Jai Guru. We used, to, we used to chant this at the beginning of the Guru Gita. And also before our sessions in Baba's room, question and answer sessions, uh, as we filed in, Professor Jane would be singing this very, very chant. And so we'll sing that for a few minutes. Let's do that.
thought you might be interested in the words to uh, the, the, the song that uh, Harry Om was uh, composing there, the Mastana Yogi. The ecstatic yogi has come to awaken the inner shakti of everyone. A unique yogi has come to awaken the inner sound of soham. In the first verse he says, how can we sing of his greatness? Words cannot be found. How is it possible to meet to, to meet to face to face? Our heads naturally bow down. He has brought the light of purification to brighten the path to the Lord. Wherever he lays his feet, that place becomes holy. On whomever his glance falls, even for a moment, he awakens the inner consciousness. He has brought the nectar of the gods to make the individual immortal. His life and actions are strange and his words mysterious. Sometimes he showers you with great affection. Sometimes he showers you with abuses. Everything he does is full of meaning, but only a rare person can recognize him. He removes all your inner doubts. He acquaints you with the truth that the individual soul, the jiva, and God, Shiva, are one. He gives us a glimpse of the Supreme Being. The bliss of the eternal eternally flows from him, so devotees can come and bathe in it. His words in Mukteshwari, that's one of Baba's books of poetry, Mukteshwari, his words in Mukteshwari will spread illumination everywhere, awakening every slumbering particle of consciousness all living beings will awaken. A preceptor for the whole world has come, whether one believes it or not. <clears throat> Bound by the chains of worldliness, humanity suffers the blows of life. Even after 8,400,000 births, that's 84 lakh, uh, and deaths, true happiness is still not attained. Muktananda has come uh, to bring us freedom. Destroying the sense of individuality, he instructs us on the inner self. He tells us, you are beyond birth and death. You are that. He has come to turn our minds inward, to show us our true form. O God of gods, you are the abode of grace. What homage can we offer? With folded hands, we offer obeisance. Our heads bow at your feet. Guru Dev, we have come to take refuge in you, to offer you everything to you. Sadhguru Nath Maharaj Ki Jai. Eka! Mastana Yogi Ayare Antashakti Jagane Mastana Yogi Ayare Antashakti Jagane Mastana Yogi Ayare Anta Shakti Jagane Arvela Yogi Ayare Sohamdada Jumane Arvela Yogi Ayare
Exciting. So welcome everybody in Radio Land. We of course are still in lockdown here in uh, Melbourne, uh, but everyone is there around the world, and I want to say hello to all of you. Happy Guru Purnima in uh, the United States, Chandraleka and Bob. Uh, and Janaki, and Swami Atmananda, and Kashiyama, and Susie and John, and Sharvani, and Maida, and Swami Bhagavananda. Welcome. I haven't seen you in a while. Is that all working? Yes. Okay, good. Welcome, everybody. And then in Mexico, Malti, <clears throat> and in Japan, Sahadev, and in Germany, Klaus, and in Italy, Giorgio, and in Hungary, Madhava, uh, and in Israel, Morari. You must be the Morari that I know very well from my city yoga days. Hi, Morari. And in Canada, Godi. And all around Australia, 
In Queensland, uh, we have Sunil and Karuna and Nazari and Pratiba and James and Indigo and Swami Govindananda. And in South Australia, Deepak and Suri. And in Tasmania, Swami Chitti. And in New South Wales, uh, Richard and uh, James, that a different James? And Oya, welcome. I hope things are getting better in New South Wales. And then all around Victoria, oh, so many people in Victoria who would all love to be here tonight, but we send our love to you and to everyone. Uh, Vanima and Yogi Sri, Anjali and Avadut, Prajna and Bernard, and Vidya and Lilavati, and Rushi and Sharada, and Mira, and Brahmanima, and Bolanat, and Durgaji, and Natji, and Chandana, and Salochana, and Anandi, and Chitra, and Ambika, and Anteja, and Craig, and Kiran, and Shivaraj, and Leo, and Ocean, and Harvey, and Frank, and Uma, Mahesh, Brahmi, Narada, and Shanti, and Sammy, uh, Usha, and Vikram, Chandrika, Nandini, Urvashi, Murali, Julieta, Patricia, Manahar, Ramanaji, Georgina, Jillian, and Chaitan, and Vasudev, and Liam, and Finley, and Lisa, and Nick, and Jyoti, and Sumitra, and T. Welcome all of you and happy Guru Purnima to everyone. It's a great and great night. Wonderful to be able to be with you all. Satyunat Maharaj Kijay. Very good. And so uh, we'll see you all next week. Maybe the situation will be better so some of you can come, but maybe not. Whatever the future brings, uh, we have to live with that. So remember the self and do what's right and do what's good. Remember the guru, remember the self, remember God. And we'll see you soon. And I'm hearing... This is, this is Hari Om Sharan himself chanting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
भगवते नित्यानंदाय ओम नमो भगवते 